This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Yo, what up, though? This is Esham, and you're rocking with the Connected Experience. Yo, what up, though, man? This is Big Greg, and you're rocking with the Connected Experience. This is Premier Pete, and you're rocking with the Connected Experience. Chill. Oh, yeah, this is Jake Prince coming at you live and in living color. And you're rocking with the Connect experience. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's comedian TK Kirkland, aka T to the motherfucking K. And when I'm in Detroit, you already know what it is. I listen to the Connected experience. You should too. Connected. I'm SJ. I'm AJ. And we the Connected Experience. Hey, bro, what's the Connected Experience? It's our lifestyle, man. So basically what we do is we connect either two people with each other or we connect a person with the audience or we connect ourselves with people, but we just got to connect somehow and get the word out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what you been listening to? Man, I've been listening to AWACS, man. Rex Lord, Volume 2, man. If y'all don't know about AWACS from the Bay, man... He RX, go, bro. bro. That, that's that's Rex. Yeah, RX. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's Rex, Lord, yeah. nigga. Yeah, like volume two. I, really, I pressed play just on his name. His shit was going, dog. I did. I, the only song that I went past wasn't even his song. It just was a song he was on. Yeah. But that was all old shit. And then I told you that, and he was like, no, nah, he got some new shit that just dropped. Hey, dog, that shit go. He got 40 on the single, Wake Up. But that's actually the song that I that like I, the least. That I like yeah. the least, man. He got that Dan Aykroyd. That's my shit. And then uh, Not Worried. Then he got your man on there, Lavish D. I I know you fuck with Lavish D, have you? Yeah, I fuck with Lav. That's what I've been listening to, too. I've been listening to Lav. Now, uh, everybody who knows us know that if we got to pick a uh, type of music, Northern California, Northern Bay California, music. Yeah. So, uh, uh, AWACS from the Bay, uh, Sacramento Zone, uh, my nigga, uh, Lavish D is from Sacramento. Yeah. And I actually got up on Lavish D from other rappers dissing him, bro. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't believe that he wasn't a factor with all of these rappers dissing him. It was just so I, too many yeah, niggas. It was just too many niggas dissing him. And I like the niggas who diss him too. I ain't got to pick a side, nigga. I'm from Angster, so I don't give a shit about none of them politics. Yeah. You got a word? What you got? Uh, no, I don't have a word. Uh, but you got a word. What is it? Yes, I do have a word. And my word is diva, a self-important person who is temperamental and difficult to please, typically used of a woman. And the origin is late 19th century from uh, Italy, from Latin words, literally meaning goddess. So you hear diva. Yeah. And you just that was a that was a hell of a uh, yeah, definition. definition. Yeah, <laughs> that was a hell of a definition. You my seven year old definitely a diva. Yeah, so was my two year old dog. So funny story, real quick. So I'm in Sprint getting a uh, phone, you know, and they try to upsell you and shit. Now a little dude had did his job, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, of course. The white manager come over, poking her nose in the shit. Yeah. And I had read the reviews about the store because I do that type of shit because I write reviews and shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you're a reviewer. Yeah. I, well, I there's would, nothing wrong with that. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So as I'm getting ready to go, the lady was like, well, do you want to buy a case and all that? I'm like, uh, no. Evan took care of it. I already let him know. She was like, well, it's a lifetime thing. And somebody was like, hey, Shelby, could you open a register? And she kept talking to me, kept talking to me. So I was like, your name's Shelby? She like, yeah, my name is Shelby. And I was like, you know what? My daughter named Shelby and y'all both got a fucked up attitude and you need to stay out of my business you yeah, know what i'm saying yeah, because yeah. dog already did what he was supposed to do and i said to her it's hard for me to not like people named shelby but you're at the top of that list you know what i'm <laughs> she saying she definitely ain't think he was about to say hell that. hell no i ain't think i was about to say shelby. that you know what i'm saying you think your daughter got a bad attitude terrible bro but she well, two she too, yeah, yeah yeah you know what i'm saying i don't know no two and she's spoiled you know what i'm saying she cool though i fucks with her she want to sing and dance she 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 a press play on I told you she hooked the Chromecast up to the TV after we disabled all that shit, and yeah. she wouldn't show me how she did it, so I might be working with a genius, dog. I hope so. So who we got in the house today? Uh, we actually have Bieber the Diva. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How y'all doing? Welcome we to the Connected Experience. Yes, oh, yes. Now, you. we've seen you on the scene before, you know what I'm saying? 
we crossed paths. And when he was telling us about you, Dean, because Dean got you on the show, Dean has been a great, very, very instrumental. Show, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Very That's instrumental and a connected experience. And if you want a bio done, because you're an artist or a person trying to do some business and you don't have a bio, which so many people don't, and that's yeah, crazy that's to crazy. me. Get at Dean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, or you could contact me. I will put you right in the mix with Dean because you he actually need do bios. Good work. He we, do good we work. did a yeah. bio for us. Yeah. You know what and I'm saying? the first time we met Dean, funny story, because somebody else was supposed to come on the show. Huh? Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. like mad funny stories, but go ahead. Yeah, and you want a bow, so yeah. why you I'm just like, I ain't hating. I'm asking. Like, <laughs> yeah, what, what route you I've been working on some stand-up. Okay. I got five good minutes. I got five good minutes. It don't have to be big or nothing, just five minutes. You know what I'm saying? I recorded for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So uh, we, we the, the way we hooked up with Dean was because somebody else was supposed to come on the show and they didn't come on the show and we told I told him like, hey bro, don't let that that ain't got nothing to do with our working relationship. I'm like, I bet you we do great things and that ain't even been six months ago and, and Dean was being very instrumental in getting us certain guests that we want and just supporting the show. You know what I'm saying? That's so what's up. That's how my, do you that's know my Dean? Little bro, oh man, that's like my little brother, man. Like um, me and and Dean. Uh, he actually interned for me at when I worked at Barack Records. I was the product manager yeah. at Barack Records, two thousand and three to like two thousand and five. Yeah, and uh, he came in. You know, he was like at like a senior, I think, at Redford, and came in to interview. Came in in a suit, man, like running and sweaty, and <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, and just was like, you know, I'm here for my internship appointment, and he was on time, but I was going to mess with him a little bit, but he yeah. already had a suit on, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> you got the job, man. Take your jacket off. All right, yeah. sit down, relax. Yeah. You ain't got to get no coffee today, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Turned out to be a good dude. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, shout out to Dean Garcia, man. It's like my doing his thing. I love, you know, to see him doing music and marketing, and you know, he, he came up under me. I taught him everything he knows, you know. <laughs> he taught me a lot of stuff, too, so that's my people. So you taught him everything he knows. So let's talk about what you know. What do you know? Who is Biba the Diva? Oh, man, that's great. Well, before you answer that, please take that gum out your Oh, mouth. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and you media trained. You know about this stuff. <laughs> I am so sorry, you guys. Yeah. I just, like... Zoned out for a second. Yeah, it's, all I, it's been in there all day. So. <laughs> oh, so it's about time for some. It's about time for a fresh yeah. stick, anyway. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about you. Where are you from? I'm from Detroit, Michigan. What part of Detroit? Yeah, I'm from the West Side of D. Oh, okay. Yeah, Come on, let's yeah. go. Where, where so, about uh, on the West Side? I'm from the West Side. The I'm whole from, West? <laughs> I'm from Puritan, PA in the house. Okay, shout out, okay. Shout out to Puritan. Okay. Oh, yeah. So you you definitely know Doc Chill there, huh? Yeah, I know Doc. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's that's what we came up with. Yeah, we, we came, came up with okay. Doc. Yeah, wow. That's right. yeah, yeah, that's the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had him on the show, but he all... I mean, we met Doc probably like mm, 2001, yeah. and we've been rocking ever since. Like he's. We was able to do a lot of things with him, but we was also instrumental in a lot of things he done. And then he always gave us our credit. So especially when you coming up, that's what you need. Like he could have paid us and we spent the money, but he gave us the credit, especially when he was doing Switch Play TV. We used to get the videos and yeah. look through the videos to see what was going to go on Switch Play TV. Mm-hmm. And then in return, he was like, I could pay y'all or I know y'all recording the album. But y'all can record your album for free. We recorded the album for free. You know what I'm saying? So he a good brother, good guy to know. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I remember Switch Play. That yeah. was that was a dope, dope yeah. uh, concept. concept. That's, yeah. the, that's the Laughing Out Loud network yeah. right now. That's, awesome. that's what Switch Play was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Let's talk about growing up on PA. How was that? Uh, man, it was great. I mean, that's, you know, it's a great neighborhood. You know, I went to West Side Schools, Eileen. I went to Halley, you know, then uh, Cass. And, you know, I grew up in Detroit. I went through <laughs> high school and uh, 
I would, I would. Cass, y'all got your yeah, cast. Oh, man. Around. He went to Cass. That's what's yeah, up. CT in the house. Yeah, it's a Second lot of to cast. Yeah. yeah, it's a great school. So then I. Um, I see they really instill that confidence in their students. Of course, <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, good thing, because uh, we from Inkster, you used to have to, to make it to Inkster High, you had to go to Cass Tech. Oh, this wow. is a long time ago, like mm-hmm. when Inkster High, you know, Inkster High, they tore the high school down, but it was actually one of the first integrated high schools in Michigan. And in, in order to go there, you had to be able to hack it at Cass Tech if you wanted to really make it an extra eye. You know what I'm saying? But this was a long time ago. Right. You know what I'm saying? But that was dope. So that's okay. your love for Cass. It stopped yeah. right there. No, I got love for Inkster too, man. <laughs> yeah. Malcolm X. For shout sure. Out to we Aaron. from Williams. We yeah. from that street. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. shout out to Aaron who's, um, you know, working, the house. restored yeah. to the restore Malcolm X home. We was going to try to buy that. Yeah, I drive, if I'm if I'm uh, dipping through the hood, I, uh, I I slide past, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I slide past. Because in Malcolm X, last, uh, one of his last speeches before he got killed, he was talking about, uh, he told him, like, I live in Inkster, and if you know anything about Inkster, driving through Dearborn is worse than driving through the South. You know what right, I'm saying? Yes. So, and that still holds true till to today. Day, yeah. I, do yeah. know, I do know about Dearborn. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even drive that way up Michigan <laughs> Avenue. If I got to get it from that way, I don't need it. <laughs> straight up, yeah. The only reason I go to uh, Dearborn is actually to go to therapy. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, I, and that's because it's a black therapist. So if any one of them things switch, if she move or... No more Dearborn. I'm not going through Dearborn no more. We don't spend no money on Westland or Dearborn because they are kill niggas. Like yeah, straight up. No. So people I, need. <laughs> I had, I, you know, when I lived here, um, I, I grew up here and I moved away like ten years ago. Okay. You know, so but when I lived here, I definitely had plenty of you know interactions <laughs> and stories. It's so funny because we worked on a conference yesterday about just getting around in Detroit. Like you gotta have a car, you know. Right. Uh, you know, and then either you, you know if you take the bus, you relying on. You know services that aren't for us. You know for us, yeah, right? Exactly. So not for us. yeah. So it's you know definitely improve. You know improvements have been made, but improvements to Need be to made. Be. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about family life. You got siblings? I don't. I'm my only child. You wow. know on my mom's side, I, I have like dozens. I'm sure of, of have <laughs> have siblings. I'm like one of the people, but. Um, yeah, and I'm a mom, you know, of a of a daughter who's an only child. So wow, did that yeah. play into it? Like I, I I did it. You could do it too, type of thing. No, I just I just only one was yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. 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 You took up all the time. You yeah, I was like one is good. Yeah. This is my contribution to society. Yeah. Here you go. Do great things. Go out yeah, there. Yeah, go out there and do great things. <laughs> right. So how was that growing up, an only child? Um, it's great. I mean, I actually um I grew up. Across the street, I, I lived also across the street from a library. Okay. And so, you know, that's really where I spent the majority of my time. Um, very much a reader. I've read yeah. all my life, you know, and and that's really how I became a writer. Right. You know, because I read so much and uh, started writing. I, st- I think I wrote my first story, short, so st- first short story when I was nine. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, how many about? books would you say you read? His oh. question first, though. Oh, I'm sorry. The the uh, the story, the first story that you wrote. It was so funny. It was um, it was like based on I think maybe some kind of eighty scary movie, but it was like a girl who had to get into some group called the Fireflies, and um. <laughs> In order to be accepted in the group, she had to spend a night in a haunted house. <laughs> so I realized, I guess I was like a big, I'm a big Stephen King fan. Maybe I had a little okay, horror yeah. in me at that nine. But what's, what's Stephen King real name? Stephen King. No, it's not. Richard Bachman, you mean? <laughs> like that's his other yeah, alias, yeah, but yeah. yeah. So, what, so is Stephen King or is it Richard? 
Richard Bachman is the pen name. Okay. Yeah, his name is Stephen King. Yeah, because yeah, I was uh, I'm a big Law and Order fan, and mm-hmm. I seen pictures of Dick Wolf, you know, the executive producer. But mm-hmm. I sincerely believe that Dick Wolf is really a woman. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I believe that that person who who executive produced as Dick Wolf is really a woman, and Law and Order been on for so long that. If you look at SVU, right, this is just my, what I think. You know okay. what I'm saying? If you look at SVU, the lead character is a strong woman who's not beautiful, as you would say, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's about sex crimes and stuff that need to be exposed like that. And I think that that type of thing comes from a woman. Mm-hmm. And I think that SVU, Dick Wolf, is a woman. I There's, could be wrong. No, I'm sure that's <laughs> like a popular theory. I would actually look that up. You should yeah. look it up, see if it's on Reddit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that- because I was thinking like, yo... This, the the main character Olivia always in the front. She yeah. front line. Like that's an interesting yeah. theory. I watch a lot of SVU, man. Yeah, it's like I, you have those. I, I work seen from, every episode. Listen, I work from home, so I am going to have some of those days where like all I'm gonna do is watch TV, and SVU is always on. Always yeah. on. Yeah. Somewhere on TV, it's yeah. it's on. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Ice T say once he seen what a real residual check look like, because you know he's only supposed to be on four episodes. He said, oh, "I'm staying on this." He said, "This this a real like." He was like, uh, "My man was like, yeah, like this my check from being on here." He was like. How many episodes? He was like, oh, no, this was from like three years ago. He's like, oh, I need a permanent spot. And he's been on there 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? So you discovered your love for writing because you were uh, a reader. Like, yeah. So how many books would you say you read? My brother asked Oh, you my that. gosh. That, I, if I just could put in, in my life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Probably over a thousand, maybe 1,500 books. Yeah. Yeah. And what's your favorite uh, genre or whatever? Well, she said Stephen King. I love Stephen King. That's one of my favorite authors. Um, I like I, I like to read. I, I when I was a kid, I liked to, those uh, Sweet Valley High or Babysitters yeah. Clubs. Like I like yeah. those because they came in series. You know, yeah, yeah. so it was like I mean, before you had Netflix or really watched a good show, you know, you could always get a new book. And I got to the point that the like I said, I grew up across the street from the library. Right. So when the new Sweet Valley High would come in, you own it. They they had it for me. They would put it up for me at the desk. Like you wasn't reading that first before I be ready. <laughs> right. Yeah. You wasn't reading that. So yeah. how you feel about audiobooks? I don't listen to audiobooks really. You know, I'm not a person. I think just because I'm such a reader and a writer, um, I think people have different learning styles. You yeah. know, I was an educator also and I've taught took taking those kind of tests, you know, and I learn better, I process information better when I read it than yeah. I do when, when I listen to it. Okay. So it just don't work for me. I can't sit still when I'm listening to audiobooks. And I'm, I'm a, I, I, I kind of feel that because I'm a page turner, you mm-hmm. know, but in this day and age, it's just, well, I can read a lot at work and I do, but like I really love to turn the pages. I love to highlight. I don't let people borrow my books because I like to go back. I reread a lot of the same books and I go back and see what caught my attention in and made me highlight. And you just can't do that with an audiobook. Yeah. You just cannot do I, that. I only prefer audiobooks if like right now I work midnights so like I can just play it in my ear mm-hmm. and it might say the book seven hours so I'm like oh this is gonna take my whole shift you know what I'm saying but yeah, if I'm imagine, just at the crib I'm I'm reading right you know I can imagine doing it in a car like I've never really done that I yeah, hear a lot yeah. of people do that yes yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of on the go yeah. I would I would maybe do that on a road trip yeah so mm-hmm. so why journalism why journalism I mean you know what really honestly I fell into journalism so funny because I've I've changed careers and majors and stuff a lot of times, um, but I got into Detroit hip hop, hanging out in Detroit hip hop in like um, I would say late ninety eight, yeah. ninety nine, and um, you know uh, by that time I had had a daughter. My daughter was like four. Um, I had been away to school back and forth different times. You know maybe had like a good year or two in um, 
credits and different things, business, science, all kind of stuff, trying to figure out, you know, what, what I, I wanted do. to do with my life. And um, started writing poetry and hanging out, Cafe Mahogany, shout out to oh, yeah, Fluent, to you know what I'm yeah, saying, yeah, yeah, DJ yeah. Carl, I met a, met some people there. And um, so then I started really hanging out in Detroit hip hop and I could write well, you know, because I was, I mean, I just was a natural writer, you know, so I would do different stuff. I remember the first thing I did was maybe like a newsletter for somebody. And it was Modern Tribe Communications, as a matter of fact. Shout out to Juan Shannon. And um, I met my best friend and a couple other people and just started, you know, helping rappers write and and do different stuff like that. And then um, a few years went by in like 2002. I actually went to Real Detroit Weekly at the time, which... um, isn't out anymore, yeah, but I went to. I remember to, that. Yeah, yeah that, I went that was to, the Metro Times. Competitor. It was Metro Times competitor. Yeah. Yep. So I went to Real Detroit, actually interviewed for a job in advertising, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm, I can sell to like different. I was gonna sell to like all the black folks, basically. I'm like, you know, <laughs> and I know all these rappers, and I'm yeah. like, this is how I, you know, would sell these ads. And he was like, you know, I don't think you write for the ad sales, but we actually are looking for a hip hop columnist. Yeah. And so I was like, cool, that's what's up. I'm like, I'll take it. So I <laughs> yeah. took the job and um, I was working on my first column. And um, I remember I was living downtown in the town apartments on first, first. Yeah. Y'all know them apartments on? Um, I don't know. It's yeah. on first. Oh, that's right. Uh, I forgot y'all from Hold on. We worldwide. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I just don't know the turf. But it, we used to pass it when we used to take the opposite way to the building. Okay, you feel okay, what I'm yeah. saying? Because that's third. So we, if we took the opposite way, yeah. But it, I mean, you know, to know town of pharmacists, to know it, it used probably was like an old hotel. So it's really just like a, you know, uh-huh. it was, yeah. You, you, <laughs> you, right, you grinding when you yeah. living. So I was living down there. I remember I had a two way pager, but I didn't have a phone. So I had got a page from my editor. Went downstairs to the payphone, and he was like, can you, you know, scratch the column that you're working on? It was my first column. Yeah. He was like, scratch that. Can you do a cover story on Jay-Z? Whoa. And I was like, yes, <laughs> you know. And um, they sent me the um, they sent me the media kit, which at the time was a folder full of, like, old articles about Jay because I wasn't going to get to talk to him. So it was, like, old articles about Jay from different magazines, and it was a VHS tape. And you would watch the tape, and it like a question would flash on the screen, like you know, how do you feel about so the he was pre he, he was pre pre recorded interviews, yeah. And yeah. so you would watch the tape, and you could use those. So basically, you took like a combination of the tape, the previous materials, and whatever you had to say, and you make an article. And um, it came out actually very dope. I ain't gonna lie, it came out dope. It was my first piece, November two thousand and two. You still got it. I do. I have it in a frame. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I keep it near my diploma, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But um, that was my first article. And then, I mean, from there, I just, it just, you know, it it seemed meant to be. How did you get into the Detroit rap scene? Because you say it was uh, 98, 99. What? You just. Just met people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I met one person. I actually met, uh, it was one night we went to Mahogany, my friend and I, and I met Juan Shannon from Modern Tribe. I met DJ Carl, who is, um, Exhibits DJ and cousin, yeah. and I met Kino Childry that night, who is Royce the Five Nine's manager. It yeah. was married to Kim. To Kim Osario. Yeah. So me, I met them all that night, very all early, night. all in one night. That's how Detroit hip hop was at the time. You know what I'm saying? And and this, you know, we all start. I kept in touch with all of them, very much so. Still to talk to Kino to this day. He still still talk to all of the, all of them to this day. He still race manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they like brothers forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's like brothers. But um, 
and that was kind of it. You know, I started going. It was like, oh, we come we, here, do this. Yeah, come to you know, Saint. Start really being all at Saint Andrews heavy. You know, and you just it was such a community environment because at the time you got to think like this was when M's when Slim Shady really had came out. Yeah. You know, so everybody was in a vibrant mood and so much energy was coming into the city at the time, and I just fell into it. You know. So, yeah, good times. Yeah. So what's your favorite, uh, like, from them times? Like, what's one of your favorite memories? Oh, man. So um, I worked at Barack Records. I was a product manager and kind of publicist there for Slum Village, for Slum Village, BR Gunner. Yeah. Um, They had a stronghold on it. Oh, yeah. Fat Cat. Yeah. 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 So we, um, I mean, I did stuff there. Like, we did a promotional comic book one time, sent that out with with the records for, uh, Super Tuesday was the name of the campaign. Yeah, you still got one of campaign. those? Of course, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> I think I'm a historian as well. You know, I graduated from Mary Grove. My degree is in history. Yeah. And, um, you know, being a historian, like, you keep you, stuff. You, you want to hold yeah. on to stuff. That's, yeah. that's something I was actually talking to Dean about. Like, for my, my first recommendation for Detroit Hip Hop and for myself, now that I'm back in Detroit, you know, yeah. is to archive information yeah. you know like all of these experiences and the things that y'all doing you know the artists that y'all talking about about the city like really getting people saying those things on tape getting yeah. people bringing out their old books and yeah. old old and rhyme books and, and the all, pictures yeah. and all that stuff yeah. like really recording and and archiving our history yeah. you know that's important yeah so I, you said you moved away what did you move to i moved to atlanta and i stayed in atlanta for like eight years yeah and then i went to harlem for two years oh, you lived in harlem? No, i lived in no, harlem no. for two years and then i just came back here it's been a year that oh, i've been back so here. so what was the experience like living in harlem oh man harlem is it's great i mean i'm a, like i said i'm a historian and everywhere you walk in harlem is black history yeah, you yeah. know and um, I think that was my favorite favorite part of the experience. It's just it's so black. It's yeah. ingrained, and even though yeah. gentri- gentrification is happening there, it's just the the, the history is rich. Yeah, it's and undeniable. people don't understand about Harlem that hoodlum is them showing you that they ain't let them crackers take Harlem because that's what they was trying to do. Yeah, and that that and people. <clears throat> People don't never think about hoodlum like that. If you look at what's going on in the movie, bro. Because I think they more uh, they looking at it from more of a gangster aspect. So like the play is people paying attention to the numbers rackets, but the movie is actually like they know if they get the numbers racket, got you Harlem. got everything about mm-hmm. Harlem. So that's why the queen was so strong. Like you can't take Harlem. Like this is all we got, especially at yeah. that time because black people was moving from everywhere to Harlem. If you've seen the women of Brewster Place, when she was talking to uh, Jack Egg character, she was like, when it was popping in Detroit, you moved to Detroit, but now it's popping in Harlem. You want to move to Harlem. So it was just saying like how the mass exodus was actually to Harlem. You know what and I mean? They, you know, yeah. the blackness of Harlem was actually a spinoff of Idlewild. The New York dudes used to come to Idlewild and see how the, 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 the black communities got down and they took that back to Harlem. A lot of people don't know that either because people didn't know that Idlewild is a real place in right. Michigan. Mm-hmm. So, but that's some history shit. See, historians <laughs> understand that. We are appreciate that yeah. uh when you was in atlanta did you uh were you still a, a journalist yes yeah so when i was in atlanta um i moved to atlanta 2009 and um i had been with all hip-hop for okay. already ever forever and that you know yeah. for anybody who doesn't who might know me they, they might know my work from all hip-hop right. um i started working in, in, with all hip-hop in 2003 yeah and um did a ton of pieces are, there are, are you ilc no, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, but well, you ain't funny, say yes but you ain't no. say no, though. 
wait a minute. Are you LC? You know what I'm saying? Tell us off camera. Yeah, you ain't got to tell us LC. I can tell you. I can tell you. It's funny. I mean, that's I get that question all the time. I think anybody who writes for all hip hop gets that question, but. Ilse is a is is a character. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's a collaborative effort. Can be Ilse. Yeah. So I, yes, you all are. hip hop put us up on uh, World Star. That's where uh, yeah. World Star first broke. All yeah. hip hop. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, page. all hip hop is is a all hip hop has been around for 20 years. Yeah, and it's I mean, it's a historic site. It yeah. did some amazing, incredible work. Yeah. Um, I know when I got up on all hip hop, you know, when they really got popping like 2000 and 2001, you know, 2000, yeah. 2001 was really um, two way pagers. Yeah. And they were the first to really send, send a news straight to your phone, yeah, you yeah. know, to your to your beeper. And yeah. that's they killed that. that was you know, level. like the number of number of subscribers that they had, the number of celebrity subscribers, subscribers they had was just unbelievable the type of news that you could get straight to your phone or yeah. straight to your pager now so. uh all hip-hop so uh you know grouchy greg he got a, a site called collegehiphop.com right? right and we got the collegeofhiphop.org so it was a little controversy with the names and like we had sent them a cease and assist this for, is god damn man you man. say that all the time but bro. you know but what go, i'm talking I, about i know what you're talking yeah, about god damn yeah. man listen let me go let me ahead get, great, it out, get it out yeah. get it out so um long story short he came out of retirement to do a big ass article on us because he said that he liked that we took the business approach with it you know what i'm saying so what was that like three years ago probably three years he ago, did a yeah. big ass story on us about the college of hiphop.org you could pull it up okay you know what i'm saying yeah, like but, but he a good dude we still yeah. stay in contact and all that that's what's up i mean like, I, I knew chuck and um chuck and greg i've like i said i've been with the site since 2003 and the way that chuck creeper and i actually met was um like one of my greatest you know stories we were at a party when eight mile came out on dvd they threw a party at st andrews yeah. and it was actually on march 13th 2003 yeah. and um m and the the company universal had flown people in from all over the world it was journalists at drew's in the shelter from like England, Germany, like it was people from everywhere yeah, at this party. Detroit, eight mile. And they're all they're <laughs> right, right. But they had they had shut down the streets. You know, this was a Hollywood party, but it they yeah, he, he was not moving it anywhere. It was gonna be at St. Andrews. And so we're down there with all the journalists and each of the stars would come in like they would, you know, they would announce the person and the person would come in around the bar and go around and ask questions. And it just happened that Chuck and I were standing next to each other, and we were the only two black people in the room, you know, pretty Straight much. Crazy. Other than, the, like, the people that were there, you know. So I'm like, well, you know, how you doing? Uh, like, of course, like, we will. And he was like, I'm like, I'm Biba. I'm like, I'm from here. I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm the only journalist in this room who was from actually Detroit. in the movie. Yeah. And he turned and looked at me. He was like, you was in the movie? I'm like, yeah. And so we stuck together that whole night, you know, and... um. Like you know, kid when you meet somebody when y'all like <laughs> doing school. No, shit. I mean yeah. it was just right. You, you yeah, 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 you like yeah. I'm you gonna be my friend <laughs> yeah. for today. And so um so we you know we talked about um doing some stuff afterwards, you know, and doing pieces on Detroit. That's really what I started doing. And I would write about I mean Detroit hip hop was hot, yeah. you know, so I could write pieces on some of everybody and um so I did that here in Detroit for years many years and um you can go back and just look at all of my stuff man and so um when i moved to atlanta in 2009 i hit chuck up again and was like yo can i you know get back and do some stuff with the site yeah. and so i did the um like bet hip-hop awards i would cover the red carpet and things like that for the awards 
and um, got back to doing articles again. And so I was able to do some cool stuff down there with like Jeezy, T.I. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, I went from like a hot Detroit market. Then once Detroit cooled off, I happened to move to a hot Atlanta market. Right. And um, so that, you know, that was another way that I built my career was in Atlanta. Atlanta is the only market that once it heated up, it has not That's, cooled yeah, down it, yeah. one bit. Like no way, shape or form has Atlanta stopped its run. Atlanta Atlanta is not, Atlanta is a, a epic hip hop city, I think, and has had ep- epic hip hop experiences. Yeah. The one reason, one reason I left Atlanta is because it became oversaturated in my field. Yeah. Because it got to the point where everybody, I mean, it is at the point where everybody, everybody could have a, have a blog, everybody could have a website, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Everybody could be a publicist. Yeah. So it started, it basically brought my prices down. Like you can't really charge what you would charge for your work when somebody is willing to do the same thing for, for free. free. Yeah. They, it ain't going to be nowhere as good as yours, but they, but free meets five beat 500 for some people a lot of times, <laughs> yeah. you know, because so. they don't understand like the art of doing this. They right. think, Oh, well you right. She right. But like, yeah, she just started. She's been doing this for 15 years. She right. worked at all hip hop. She's covered these events. Of course, this going to be free and it's not. Yeah. But plus the traffic. I know you hated the traffic. In yeah. Atlanta. I can't, yeah. I can't the traffic. LA definitely. Atlanta, definitely the traffic too. too much traffic. The yeah. traffic too. So yeah, so, but you know, that's that's kind of where I did some of my work, and then um, you know, moved to New York and really focused on like freelancing for the last um, three years. So, how does freelancing actually work mm-hmm. as far as being a writer? So, do you like already have something written, and then you just go to a publication? Like, how does that work? I mean, a little bit of both. Sometimes um, it's a, three different ways, really. Like, um, you might be writing something that you think is dope, and you could sell it, or you'll have an idea that you think is dope. And okay. you pitch the idea okay. and um, you can sell that and then write the piece yeah. or you can get assigned something. So somebody might have something like, you know, oh, like, uh, I like got someone so coming in and yeah. 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 So what's the biggest publication you wrote for? Um, It's hard to, you know, quantify. Like I, I did the Damon Dash piece for Vibe most recently. Okay. Um, I think that's one of my biggest pieces just because it's Damon Dash, you know, and yeah. I had wanted to talk to him. That's an article that I, that's been 20 years in the making. Yeah. You know, and um, I got to interview Dame. You know, we interviewed on Skype. This oh, was earlier you. this summer. And, you know, it was just a, it was just great to talk to him. I mean, who wouldn't want to spend an hour with Dame and Dash? It's a lot of people, but I'm not one of those people because Dame just get a bad rap. Like, right. I love his way, like, of thinking, but the way he explains it sometimes just turn a lot of people off. Yeah, you feel what I'm saying? It's like, harsh. It's you, harsh. You, 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 you preaching like work for yourself, prosperity, but the way you saying that you kind of shitting on people because you who got people who you. work for you. You feel what I'm saying? Like, you, of course you a boss and shit, but the people who work for you don't want to hear the person, like, who they work for talking like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be my own boss, man. Damn, let up. Right, <laughs> right. I saying? think it could be more of a mindset, yeah. you know, and I think he doesn't explain it that way, but I think that's what he means. Um, and that's what I got from the book. Like, yeah. the Culture Vultures book is yeah. a great, great, great read. Yeah, I got you know, it. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of what I got now, from that's, it. That, that, that translated horrible on audio. <laughs> like, yeah. It's because the music it's was in that the music background. In the background. I don't like, like that I don't, type of yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. It got some music, like, in the background. It's, it, it was a cool idea, but, like, the, the actual transfer, like, how it sounds, like, it's just, you can't really focus on what he's saying because the music is. That it, it shouldn't have no music in the right. background. So uh, what's your definition well, no, of a and cultural then, Wait vulture? a minute, though. About Dame, too. I watch him on Growing Up Hip Hop. 
uh, I think that give a more human perspective to mm-hmm. him also because you see like how much he loved his son and stuff. So like that helped with the idea that people got of him because people got the idea like, oh, he just broke his fuck because he don't work with Jay-Z and he's struggling. And it's like, no, he really a full time father. He love his kids so much. So stuff like it, it's a lot of stuff that people could like to understand. Yeah, And that, that was really my goal when I what when I got that piece, um, when I pitched a piece. To, oh, so this was all your ideal and everything. Yeah, I pitched a piece to Vibe. And um, I had had um, I got the book from Kenyatta Griggs, who is the co-author. And um, I reached out to Kenyatta and, you know, really kind of pressed it. I did review first and they loved the review and um, they both posted the review on Instagram. And so I reached back out. I'm like, you know, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do an interview with Dane, but I want to do it somewhere dope. And so um, my my good friend, William Ketchum, had just got hired as a deputy deputy editor at Vibe, and okay. so I reached out to him, and I'm like, I think I could get this Dame interview, and um, so that's what we did. We did the interview um, in like May, you know, Skype, and wrote it out, and it went back and forth. It was so funny because I hadn't had a piece that had done that where I had to send it into the editor. The editor sent it back with a whole lot of changes, and, and that's what then I had to do it do it again. Then I sent it back, and then it still ran with a lot of changes. So. It just um, it was a piece that people wanted to do and they wanted to see done. Mm -hmm. Um, And it does that article does really, really humanize Dane because it's things that he talks about, like his relationships. He talks about having diabetes like he talks about Aaliyah, like talks about working with women. That's he he has a lot to say. Um, I think that it's the way that his delivery has turned a lot of people off. But. He's kind of somebody that now we should start back listening because he's been giving you the game, yeah. even if it's what you do. It's like he's not saying nothing bad, but for the lack of better term, man, people suckers, man. They don't want somebody to feel like they yelling at them because they not hearing the message. They they revert back to kids when their parents yell at them instead of yeah. saying, "Hey, do it like this and give you the step by step." It's like because people want you to romanticize it. They want you to be, yeah. Hey, if you do this, then this will work. No, but when life is more like yelling at you, like yeah. life ain't easy. Like you getting yelled at when they yelling at you when you do this great article and then they send it back with sixty changes. Because mm-hmm. in your mind you're like, damn, but is this gonna compromise like the ideal I had? Mm-hmm. But you still do the changes. Right. And that's your saying. Okay, I hear you. We just got to do it this way. You know what I'm saying? But go ahead. Your definition of a culture vulture. Um, I think I agree with the what what they the, the the way that they define it really a person that comes into the culture and takes from the culture but doesn't give back to the culture and you know i think that could be a person of any race you know yeah. I, I think it's um hip-hop is more to me than a music art form you know and especially as our country evolves as as we evolve as people as we get older you know you start thinking about like wow what can i do to give back or what can I do to help others? You know, that's really just an evolution, I think, in this in the culture. And so I don't feel like an artist that's making money from hip hop and not giving back. I mean that's that's who I would call a culture vulture. Anybody that's not giving back. Yeah, and I, I my like when I look at culture vultures, I some of them people he was naming, we ain't gotta say who he named, but mm-hmm. I see exactly what he's talking about. Bro, go get money in your field mm-hmm. and then come to hip hop and show us that okay, I was over here doing this with this type of business, so I'm qualified to work in a business. Don't come and try to 
tell us what's good for the culture like because if you look at it now they shape that culture like like we all loved nwa we all love west coast gangster rap we all love that but when you look at it that was that was doing something to us that we had no clue because when nwa came out saying fuck the police it got the whole world saying fuck the police but now police relations with black people is even worse because they'll shoot you for playing fuck the police because they mad you know but they knew we got to get rid of X-Clan and we got to bring these type of rappers in. Oh, I and see what you're saying. Even though it's the lifestyle, like you can't get mad at somebody telling their lifestyle, but let's dump all of this money. It ain't no more uh, self-destruction records. It ain't no right. more. And there was big records. I used to, what was the video with all the West Coast? It wasn't self-destruction. Yeah, uh, same was, gang. Same gang. When I same think, gang came out, like that, was, that we was need big. that now. I think <laughs> it's a little, I think it's, I think I agree with like the fact that labels, influence and have shaped moved the culture and yeah. manipulated the culture yeah, because i also think that the content has shifted and, and manipulated itself to fit the labels as well you know what i'm saying because if it's if you it's if it's not a self-destruction record it's because ain't nobody really making one like or you if they make, make it it just ain't gonna get like well not today because today different like good music right rise to the top but right 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 let's right, talk right. five years ago oh yeah it even just more than that the, even, it ain't gonna even, get even it. further yeah. back than that you know luxury brands really got killed in in not killed, but luxury brands really took a hit in 2001. You yeah. know, anything, fashion, movies, you yeah. know, even television writing, and it, specifically music. Like, the music industry just really didn't shift with technology really well. And that's and, what that technology killed it because uh, when Nick Speed was just in here, he just said they paid $1,000 for the whole first song that they ever did. People couldn't afford that, so you really had to be serious. Now you could take that same $1,000, buy you a MacBook, buy you a, a mic, go in your bathroom, record a song, and you ain't put in no work. And the people love that. And I, I don't care if people don't feel like you deserve to make it, but just still put in the work, still grind. Like grinding, when rappers say they grinding and you say you're in the studio, no, bro, you just at work. That's not grinding. Like you can't be a rapper if you don't have songs. Yeah, <laughs> like, so. I think, you know, like you said, cream, cream rises to the top. Technology has definitely made everybody capable of doing things. You know what I'm saying? Whether you do it well, and even if you do it well, if it gets out there, it's still, that's still part of the, the luck of it or the yeah, magic of it or yeah. you know you know whatever but um yeah no it's great i mean yeah uh so it's a it's a love-hate relationship with me and technology because although it does level the playing field sometimes the playing field don't need to be leveled <laughs> like sometimes the people it's people you never heard of who are more qualified for the position just because you got say 60,000 followers on Instagram, that don't mean you qualify to talk on the radio or have your own podcast or interview people because you might be nervous around people. Mm -hmm. Most famous people are really introverts. So when you put them on a red carpet and shit, they like a deer in headlights. So just imagine them getting like an interview with somebody we really feel like we should hear from you feel what i'm saying i don't want that to go to the most popular i want that to go to the most qualified you feel what i'm saying a brand new writer who hasn't had any experience might not dig in deep with a dame dash interview that's written right you see what i'm saying no yeah, no yeah, that's somebody I... who's been writing who understand how it's going to translate from skype yeah. That's probably breaking up because we in different areas and can understand. Like, I want that type of experience. Well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I'm here to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, that's what Community involvement. Are you, yes. you really active in the community? What made you get so active in the community? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I grew I grew up um, learning, you know, knowing that I should give, be a giver. Um, and 
uh, ultimately I became an educator. I started teaching about 10 years ago and um, I would teach writing. I've taught writing classes. So I taught, um, I started off with Upper Bound, the Upper Bound program and taught writing there. And then I taught for a nonprofit organization called Year Up, yeah. which is for 18 to 24 year olds. And they got to wear them. Uh, no, gotta... that's City Year. Okay. Yeah. It's a similar, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a yeah, similar yeah. organization, okay, okay. but basically the students come into the program for 21 weeks and they learn classes during what's called learning and development. So my class would be one of those classes. So I taught business communications. I taught public speaking. I taught customer service. And I did that for about six and a half years. And, um, you know, that's it was it's a nonprofit. So yeah. it's it's you're you're going to it's part of it is service based. You know, right. you have to know that I'm doing this and I'm teaching these kids because it's a service, because once they get out of the learning and development phase, they would go and intern at Fortune 500 companies like yeah. we had kids interning at Facebook, Google, AT&T, you know, different different Life companies. Things, right. Yeah. And they would get jobs, get hired, you know, go on to be making crazy money and buying homes of their own. So it was an amazing experience working for that company. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I did that for a long time. Then I moved to the New York office. That's actually how I got to New York okay. is I moved from it from the Atlanta office to the New York office and moved into a different position where I was actually a fundraiser yeah. and I didn't like it. You know, like once I was out of the classroom, it ain't the same. I didn't, I yeah. didn't like it. And, um, you know, I like New York, but I didn't like my job anymore. So I stayed like another year and a half after I quit. But, um, then I just, you know, decided to come back to the D come back to the D and you came back to the D and you, you, you're a book critic. How did this come about? Yeah. I, was I love the to actual, read. Title though? Is it no, a, I'm just a freelance writer. Okay. You know, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, just... but I do, I do, um, I do books. I do a lot of book reviews, and um, again, it's because I love to read. So, I mean, one of the best benefits of getting a book review is you get what you get. The book. The, you get the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you get the book for free. So um, I would, you know, I've because I have the the outlet of all hip hop to be able to just publish something on. If I see it, I like it. I want to write about it. I have them that I can just drop it there. And then I do have other places where I might pitch bigger stories. What's the uh, last three books that you read that you just had to do a great review on? Um, and is a, every book you read for review or do you just pick it up, let me read it, and then review it? Or are you reading it to review it? I mean, I definitely read for pur- personal purposes. Um, but for reviews, I don't get – I get maybe like one – a month or one every other month, a okay. review book. So definitely this one that I've just reviewed for all hip hop, which is called Contact High, a visual history of hip hop by Vicky Toback. Um, the book is a collection of essays and photographs from iconic hip hop photographers. And there's hundreds of pictures in there and, and um, photography of hip hop albums like Nas's Illmatic, um, the Biggie shot where he has the crown on his head. Yeah. Um, that picture's there. Uh, pictures of Aaliyah, Erica Badu, Mary J. Blige. Just it's something Wu-Tang. to have on a show. Like, it's oh, my good. God, it's yeah. a gorgeous book. It's a coffee table book. So um, I had been following them on Instagram for a while and kind of watching the project come together. Mm-hmm. And so I ordered a copy of the book, wrote a review of that. But prior to that, probably the last couple of books I read I liked. I liked the Vicky, this book. I liked the Dame Dash book. Um, I like I like Gabrielle Union's book. I haven't read it. I heard it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's good. good. It was yeah. it's written in like short um, essays. Um, some independent people. I like this kid, this guy from um, Atlanta named Sean Foy. 
Um, I like um, Samantha Irby. She I writes heard that name. Too. Yeah, she writes essays, and she actually has a. She's gonna be writing on a TV show that's coming out in the fall. Dope. dope so, dope. Um, yeah. So, what about your book? That's a great question. What about your book? <laughs> um, you know, right now I'm really, I'm definitely writing. Um, I have three personal things that I'm kind of working on. With you know, a, I have a series in mind. I have a novel in my young adult novel. Um, and then, you know, for me personally, kind of writing about my hip hop experiences is something I want to do. I'm just trying to conceptualize uh, the way I want the book to look. What about putting all the articles and stuff that you've written over the years in yeah. one collaborative effort to yeah. uh, create a book? You yeah, you yeah. About that? I literally thought about that in your lobby on the on the couch. So that's you and that I. Energy. Are, that's yes, that energy. Yes. Give me. Give yeah. me. <laughs> yes. When is it. your birthday? June 7th. Oh, that's I, my uh, partner birthday. That's my partner birthday. I, that's what's up. Uh, oh, yeah, wow, yeah, wow. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Prince's birthday. Yeah, his name on my arm. So, wow. Yeah. Our birthday is May 22nd, too. Okay, so we, Gemini. Yeah, yeah. And we twins. And, and y'all twins. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that yeah. just gave me a shiver up in my spine. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's dope. That's dope. Because uh, I, I, I just felt like, yo, if you've been writing for all hip-hop all this time, your first story was a cover story on Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. That, that's something that, like, you got, you, you're on, you you walk in history. Yeah, so no, for that, sure. I mean, I'm definitely, since I've been home, that's been something that's been really heavy on my mind. And um, I saw, like, a con- I'm, it's, it's like I want to see how it's got, what I want it to look like visually in my mind yeah. so that I can know where to start. I mean, the hardest thing about writing a book literally is, like, where do I start? Yeah. And, um that's been like a question I've been asking myself for a minute, but I saw something yesterday that I liked and it fits what I had already kind of been thinking about because the book that I'm going to write isn't like a novel or it isn't like a, here's, here is my life. And it's, you know, a memoir. So it's really the book that I'm writing is kind of, I want it to be, I would describe it almost like a thrift store. Like it's going to be some of everything in there. It might be a, poem in there it might be a text message in right, there you, don't in there. you know what i'm saying right that, like oh this you is know, my life story yeah, yeah i want to yeah. just i it'll it i just wanted to i, I kind of have like a cool concept in mind so right now i'm just pulling the content together bucket list of interviews and the reason i'm asking oh. you this is because that's our list that he posted that you commented on like that's interesting that was our list okay <laughs> yeah, okay so, yeah. um <laughs> let me see my bucket list of interviews i always say jay yay dre so I um I've never interviewed Jay Z. I've um you know I wrote about him, but um I'd like to interview him. I'd like to interview Kanye West. Um I'd like to interview Dr. Dre. What would you ask Dr. Dre? The first question, besides how you doing today? Mm, I want want to talk about explosive, like that. I would want to talk about explosive and like which version he liked better. Like if he liked explosive or if he liked the Royce Five Nine song. So um, that's what I would ask him. You know what I would ask Dr. Dre? Yeah. What, what was that song called? You remember that song? <laughs> the way I Be Pimping. Yep. I would ask him which one he liked better because that one, yeah. Yeah, I would ask Dr. Dre, how did he meet the DLC? Because that's been his man's this whole time. Mm-hmm. And that, that, if that, you go back and listen to old Dre, you can hear the DLC writing more yeah. now. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Because the DLC always, he's it's never been a time in his life where he said he wasn't sleeping on Dre couch. Like, yeah. literally. Like, he like, oh, I was on the couch. I was on the couch. So I would wonder, how did you meet the DLC? Yeah. Because I the DLC ask, actually brought Shug around. I would ask a DLC question of Erica Badu. I would ask her, like, how did they, like, fall in love and, like, you know, her what second child. What potion did she give yeah. him a drink? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she might not tell you that. Yeah. No, you don't want to know about that. I do. <laughs> the state of women in hip hop. 
Yeah. All, in general, not just rappers, not just not just singers. The, like the, the how do you see women in hip hop today? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I mean, you know, we just segue from from Erica Badu. I think when you think about women in hip hop, she's one of the women that you think of. She is, she's in that book. You know, um, she's 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 hip hop in a way that she's still R and B, um, but she's also somebody that gets like a bad rap. You know, like she's got to be. You know, we just said, like, she had to give old boy a potion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but she, that's not a bad thing. No. I mean, to what to me you not. might not think so, but maybe what it it, it, it has different connotations, right? Yeah. So it kind of it connotates that she's a witch or she has some power that's separate from She does have magical else. powers. That's, uh, yeah, and it's true. Yeah, I mean, like, a lot, all women do. Yeah, that's the she, thing. But it just... Sometimes it can tend to have a negative connotation. Yeah, close-minded you know what I'm saying? So, I, I won't even say close-minded. They just not as open to believing in certain stuff. Like, she's magic. I wouldn't call her a witch. No, because witch is not a bad term. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, it's not. It's yeah, not. Yeah, so she's magic. Like, yeah. something about her. I seen a post of her I kickboxing think I, I think or some shit, and the kids was just walking past. Like, it was nothing. Like, all right, Ma, see you later. Yeah. She in her kickboxing, bro, like, in yeah. the middle of her house. Like, yeah. so it's some type of dojo feel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I think all women are magic, you know, and... um that's what I would like for us to be known and, and understood and recognized for, like our contributions to this culture. You know, one of the things that women have done in hip hop music and culture that goes understated is most of these companies are run, run by women. Yeah. You know, if you look at a company like Rockefeller, like the face in the brand of Rockefeller was J. Damon Biggs and they did run the company but Sherry ran a company Shaka you know so you have to look at people like Sylvia Rohn and the first first hip hop record was put out by a woman by Sylvia Robinson so I would like to see the contributions of women in hip hop really go recognize more that was one of the pieces I did (laughs) one of the articles that I did um, when I moved back home I did for Revolt which was about four women in hip hop I wrote about Southwest Moot shout out to Mook, I love Mook. Yeah. Um, I wrote about who else was in there. <laughs> Mook, Molly Brazy. I like Mook um, too, but like uh, I used to see her. Like I used to, uh, I ran like a big st- retail store, and I used to see Mook, and I used to be like, "Look, you got it, but you got to find your voice." You feel what I'm saying? Because like at this time, she was talking about like how a big feature would take her to the next level, and I said it won't because people only go press play because the feature what's going to take you to the next level is finding your voice and getting people to like who you are. Yeah. Then worry about the feature because you won't even have to pay for the feature. Then right. they don't yeah. want to do a I song talked, with you. I talked to her recently. I think her head is in a great place. I'm just a nigga you know, for though. They don't know. I think her head is in, you know, she <laughs> had to do a, do some time and yeah, she came yeah, back and she ready, to, you know, ready to work. And so I talked to her recently. I'd love to do some stuff with Mook. Um, but I think that's one of the things that I find fascinating about Detroit, especially being back home and having been away for like 10 years. You know, you start to see it with a different lens, you yeah. know, and um, just the number, the sheer number of female rappers here that are coming out of here is like yeah. mind blowing. You know, yeah. like literally I could name I could come There's up a lot with like of, 30, and they 40 names. On too. Yeah. Like, like they hitting. Like, yeah. You know Cash dial two million. I mean, she got to like what a million views, one point two million in two days. On that record, that she, yeah, I seen that. Yeah, yeah. like the, the the girls putting on for the city, the yeah, women, yeah, yeah, the women. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, women, yeah. I don't want to offend true. nobody. You it's know, okay, what I'm yeah. Saying? Shout out I, to Cash because I grew up in a sexist hip hop society. You know, <laughs> so well, we did though. But well, I mean, yeah, that's just what it was. Yeah. You know? but I mean, well, my favorite rapper, MC Light. 
You feel what I'm saying? Like, it's one a lot of, of niggas. Favorites. Yeah, yeah, well, one of my favorites is Can't Go Harder Than Light. You feel what I'm saying? You got to prove that. I'm talking about to this day. And then, like, I like Light, too, because you see she instrumental with Little Mama. Who knew that? You mm-hmm. feel what I'm saying? Like, that's that's real mentorship. Like, you got one of the best female rappers ever, like, advising you. And really, she just listening to what you say and be like, well, what decision you go make? So, you really, she just here to listen. You know what I'm saying? Like another mother figure, because, you know, Little Mama Mama passed away. But, hey, women definitely doing it. I like the choice from Rap A Lot back in the day. Yeah, yeah, Choice was the first mm. Trina, man. Yeah, you feel yeah. what I'm saying? You remember like, Choice? I don't. That's... Go back and listen to Choice from Rap a Lot. Okay, yeah, that's a yeah, nice yeah, name. That's yeah, a dope rap name, yeah, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. but overall, I, mm-hmm. I mean, women in hip hop, they 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 play a strong role, like way stronger than they get credit for. That's why yeah. I asked you that question. Yeah, thank you. And the thing thank with the women that. in hip hop is, it's not the women in hip hop why they get the bad rap is the the groupies who don't even have nothing to do with the music. You know what I'm saying? Like, hip-hop is super misogynistic, and that's true, but is is life imitating art is not art imitating. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, this shit really happened. Like, it, like if you the top, uh, if we was the top rappers right now, all we gonna do is go tell dog, hey, her, 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 and her. And they all go come. You feel what I'm saying? And that's how women in the business could get a bad name because they associate that with hip-hop when that has nothing to do with the business of music. That's a rapper picking groupies, but they think like, oh, that's how women get down in hip-hop. You feel what I'm saying? No. (laughs) (laughs) How not, though? Like, I'm not going to say, like, I mean, Cash Dow earned her spot, right? But then it's like somebody who who don't rap, who like a super freak, who think they in hip-hop because they date a man in hip-hop. You're not in hip-hop because... Your current boyfriend, a rapper, but cash down hip hop, and she'd get a bad rap for that. You um, feel me? No, I think that really what you're describing is just sexism in general. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could, you know, they're women are women, right? And right. women, women are seen, you know, in in a lot of ways as lesser than well, lesser than men. Period. You right. know what I'm saying? This is a sexist. This is not even to say sexist because that that word can like be a trigger, but it's a patriarchal society, yeah. right? Where men have privilege privileges that women don't, right? Right. So men can oppress women, right? That means keep them out of opportunities, Certain, yeah, situations, right. etc. No matter what, whether she fucking or not fucking, she yeah, could right. she could be told you ain't no. coming in here. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I I feel like I'm not a groupie or I don't feel like groupies the the impression that a guy is thinking of me that way when he's like, Okay, yes or no, I'ma do business with you or not, or I'ma give you something or not. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's a hard culture to be in as a woman just because it's hard to be in the Look, world as a woman. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, and I, I, I mean I'm I the only one it. in here with with a vagina. So I can I I'm determining myself as the expert <laughs> in, vaginas, of yeah. this conversation. Oh you the <laughs> vagina expert. So <laughs> if people wanted to contact you, how would they be able to get at you? Um, you know, you can hit me up anytime. I mean I'm I'm on Instagram at Biba the Diva. Spell that out. B-I-B-A-T-H-E-D-I-V-A. A little twister. Yeah. A little twister. <laughs> that, little twister that's, that. uh, like, uh, that's your real name? My name is Habiba. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, My so name is ha- Habiba. Habiba, yeah. It's a it's a, it's an Arabic name. It's a Muslim name. So, yeah. But I just go by Biba. It's Are easier to say. My dad is. And, you know, I'm, I, I, have a, I have a wide spiritual view yeah, so yeah. We, yeah. we we on the same uh my daughter she don't got to be a muslim but i 
if I had to pick a religion, I lean more toward. I got views on all of them that right. I feel are right or wrong. But mm-hmm. uh, my last shot at religion was uh, <laughs> Islam. You know, yeah. black people go through it. So my last, so I still got Islamic values, but my daughter still celebrate Christmas. So yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah, stuff I, like that. Yeah. But I just believe in a higher power and yeah, a higher sure, power guides sure. me. Yeah, absolutely. So if they wanted to contact you, how would they contact uh, you? They can contact us at pr at tcohh dot org. Pr at tcohh dot org. Who uh, do that? email you answer them emails yeah so yeah. that's contacting you yeah i mean i, I can't contact that <laughs> yeah i'm about to give them your real fucking email address and i'll give them your real i'll give them your house address yeah so, so what fan mail you can you can send this nigga some fan mail yeah Y'all are funny. Y'all are really, um, uh, y'all are really cool. I'm glad I came up here to talk <laughs> to y'all. Yeah, yeah. Right, this we, is a pleasure. And you know what? Your name was not on the bucket list of interviews, and this is why. Okay, that's for 2019, and we knew we'd get you this year. Okay, that's yeah, what's yeah. up. Yeah. You know what? I love what y'all doing. Um, shout out to to you and I'm SJ. Shout and I'm out, AJ. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to you, SJ and AJ yeah. and the Connected Experience. And thanks so much for having me. No, thanks so much for coming. Like, definitely a story. Well, we actually do like segments of this podcast and we mm-hmm. do women in hip-hop and this is actually it for our next women in hip-hop segment so we do life after felonies we do women in hip-hop and then we just do overall connections you know what i'm saying because it's a little girl somewhere out there who need to hear this that it's possible you yeah. know what i'm saying so that's i mean how- and I, i'd like to i'd like to you know do that like if you know you person that's interested in writing or you know want to be a writer or want to know how can i start a career in writing i would go back to what i said at the beginning and just read more you know what I'm saying? That's the only way that you can be a better writer. And comprehend. See, those Reading are two, and comprehension. Yeah, those are and two. if it's not for you, if it's not for you, then hire somebody dope. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. can call me. I'll write something for you. You can call Dean. You know what I'm saying? Find somebody who is good at it because it is important. I, I see that a lot. You know, yeah. people that might want to pitch me something or I get that a lot. Like, how can I get in the this magazine or how can you write an article about me without from blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, that, so, that grinds my gears. You need a bio. <laughs> you, need a, you need to be able to send like an email, you know? Yeah, yeah. Cause What's up? Just need the email. Oh, man. Because it's this text message world that we live in. Like people be sending I, mad letters that don't go together that's supposed to mean shit. I don't know what none of this means. You know what yeah. <laughs> I'm saying? Like I have no clue. Yeah, but you know how son. you can reach us though? Uh, TCE pod on all Instagram platforms. And Twitter. Yeah, AJ run that so I ain't fucking with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get off social media with social networking because yeah. I want to live in a regular world again. I want to be able to meet you in person and be like, hi, how you doing? Not text you like, yo, I think I just seen you at the party last night. Like that shit is mad creepy to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get people to be in back and to be able to communicate with people. That's like, what's up. Because Instagram, all that shit is killing that, man. That yeah. shit is killing that shit. I'm trying to get people to read again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm an avid reader. Like I love to read. Like I got a list of books because I just got Amazon Prime. So I got a list of books that I'm ordering so my shit can be there and that should take me uh, when I'm off for the next couple days I read a couple books because what we used to do is we used to give you a book pick of the episode right but then we got real with ourselves like bro people not gonna go read these books so we start giving you a term or a person you need to know something for the Google age that they could just go Google and look up and you know what you gonna be one of them people because you are excellent and well weird. your definition today <laughs> was diva I thought it was dope thank yeah, you yeah yeah see that's research that's journalist <laughs> we not journalists but we do journalist shit it was so uh what's the message the message is i want for my brother what what i want for myself 